and the bigger ones. And let's not pretend that we don't as adults sometimes wrestle with being received or accepted or invited. I mean, these are very real things that they are going to grapple with for, you know, a significant part of their lives. And so how do we at a young age instill in them that your lovability is completely anchored in the fact that God is crazy about you, that he delights in you, that he takes pleasure in you because of the perfect righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ, covering you. And there is absolutely nothing that you can do to change that. You're listening to episode 91 on the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today I'm chatting with Jeannie Cunyon. I've brought her back on. She was on earlier this year in January on episode 55, and we talked about how to really parent with grace, and I decided to bring her back on. I just, whenever I talk to her, I feel like she describes grace so well, both for me as a mom and how to interweave it with my discipline. Um so that I'm really reflecting what I think God intends for us in our parenting. And I love what she says near the end of the episode, that our kids have not been given perfect moms, but they have been given a perfect savior. And our whole purpose is to anchor them in the knowledge of why they are lovable. And y'all, I honestly, I left this and I I was home, my husband was traveling, and I (laughs) could come alongside my kids so much better after talking with Jeannie. So I hope it encourages you. I know it's going to get your week off to a good start that we can do this parenting thing with real grace. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Jeannie, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Thanks, Heather. I'm so happy to be spending this time with you again. I feel like it's it's been a while, so I'm excited to be it back has. with you. It has. I should have right? looked. A good podcaster would have looked up which episode number you were last on. <laughs> maybe I'll put that in the intro. Um, but it's so good to have you back. I just... Thank you. I was so blessed, and I know listeners have commented that it was one of their favorite episodes when you came on and just shared your heart and what God's been teaching you about motherhood and grace and so this just seemed like the right time. I think, you know, it was a year ago, I think. Was it that long ago? I know maybe, that I maybe was not. just at a, um, a conference and one of the women I met said that she had listened to that podcast with, between you and I um, not long ago and yeah. um, and how much she appreciated it. So I'm, I'm so thrilled to be back with you today. Yeah, it's so good. And since our time, you have uh, decided to make more people. So why don't you introduce... <laughs> Why don't you introduce everyone to your family since it's changed slightly since you were on last? All right. So we have, um, so my husband and I, Mike, we have uh, Cal, who is 11, and Brennan, who is eight, and Owen, who is six. And we just discovered that we are having another boy. Um, So it makes four boys for the Cunyons, and he will be born in the spring. So uh, we are very, very excited to be parenting four boys. Yeah. Jeannie and yeah. I spent, what was it, 10 minutes just now talking? Yeah. And Jeannie, I know some of you know that my heart was not like all in on the boy thing, that I grieved the loss of never having a girl. And um, But Jeannie, you are so excited. 
I am so excited. I mean, you know, as you and I just talked about when my husband and I were dating, I had said to him one time, I would love to have five or six boys. And I think he almost <laughs> fell out of his chair, but um, I have just always loved the boy life. And so I am, um, if it had been a girl, that would be great too. But I, we really are just so thrilled that God has entrusted another little guy to us and God willing, he will join us in April. So yeah. we're very, very excited. It's fun. It really is great. And I told you I've come around as I've gotten to this fourth one. He's just awesome. And it is nice to have little pairs of people. And um, it's just like, you're all in, like all in. It's just a lot of basketballs and baseballs and everywhere. Everything. Yeah. Just like you just do it all really just hardcore. Hardcore. Yeah. Well, um, I noticed one that you were at dot mom and you were speaking several times. Is that- uh, I did. I did three breakouts at Dot Mom. That was that was awesome. That was so, <laughs> I was so grateful that they gave me the opportunity to do that. It was great. And so I would love to have you share some of that today. And then I also saw people were sharing an article on Fox News that you had written. And so let's talk a little bit about that first. So um, it's a challenge that you've kind of put out there for parents. What is that challenge? It was, you know, it actually came out of my time at Dot Mom. Uh, I was speaking on everyday grace and parenting, which is, you know, essentially how do we weave the unconditional love of God into the way that we establish our authority, require obedience, train and discipline our kids. Mm. Uh, and that's really what the topic was. I think so often when I speak, I get the question of how do we balance grace and discipline as yeah. um, as if they're two different things and or that they can't exist together, that you either have to choose discipline or choose grace. Yeah. And so I love talking about actually how we can weave those together, how grace can actually be woven into discipline, that they can and should coexist together. And so um, I was talking about that. And at the end of the session, a wonderful woman who is a youth pastor came up to me and she said, you know, I really appreciated what you said about the importance of our kids understanding what makes them lovable. Um, and as parents, how we can reflect God's love to them. And she said that the one of the biggest struggles that she sees in kids in her ministry is that they equate how lovable they are with how good or bad their behavior is. And so they feel like when their behavior is good or their obedience is good, or even their, um, their performance in school or on the field is good, that their parents love and accept them more. Mm. And when it's not good, that their parents love and accept them less. And, and as we all know, as much as we don't often like it, we know that we serve as a template for how our children understand God and God's love in so many ways. Yeah. And so because of that, our children come to believe that, God is happier with them on the days that they're following him and obeying him. And God is angrier with them or frowning upon them uh, when they're not rather than, you know, understanding Christ's perfection covering them. And so we were talking about that and she was just saying how she has, you know, begun to encourage parents of students in her ministry to have very honest conversations with their kids about what makes them lovable. And so that inspired me to write this article for Fox News. And essentially the the challenge that I propose to every parent, and as I said in the article, it's one that I engage in often, yeah. is to have a hard, it can be a scary conversation, right? Um, or a hard conversation about, and ask our children, what do you think makes you lovable? And do you think that I love you more when you're good? Or do I make you feel like I love you less when you're not? 
Mm. Um, and, and just challenging every parent to do that. And, you know, obviously Heather, you know, my story, but having come from more of a very perfectionist parenting model when I first became a parent and recognizing the pressure I put on myself and therefore the extraordinary pressure I'd put on my kids, um, to have good behavior. Um, I know that my sinful nature can quickly creep back there. And Mm. so even as a mom, I have to check in with my kids uh, especially my oldest one and say, Hey, I just want to, I just want to, you know, give you an opportunity. I feel like maybe lately I've been hard on myself. I've been hard on you. And I just, you know, are you feeling that pressure? Is there anything you want to share with mommy? I just want to make sure that you understand that though my actions might not perfectly reflect this, mm-hmm. that I am, I am crazy about you and I love you and your obedience and disobedience has no bearing on that love for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's, I mean, it is really hard. It is really hard to, because I totally can see how they would get that message. Right? Yeah. Totally. And I think, you know, as a friend of mine who um, had read the article and emailed me privately, and she just said, you know, I think what's so important is, is, is the point that we don't even realize we're doing it. Yeah. Right? I mean, so we never intentionally, I don't think, we intentionally want our kids to feel less lovable um, by the way that we handle their obedience or their performance. But I think sometimes we, um, it's unintentional that we can say things or do things or make a certain face or have a certain attitude toward them that sends a message that is not aligned with what scripture tells us, uh, is how God loves us and delights in us and has pleasure over us because of Christ's obedience on our behalf. Yeah. Um, Totally, because let's let's do a scenario. Let's talk through a scenario. So, uh, house is a mess, and it's not you. It's the <laughs> not right. You haven't left clothes everywhere. <laughs> there aren't crumbs under the table because you ate a snack and like decided to not eat over your plate. But like, I don't even know how. It's just disaster everywhere. And you are unloading the dishwasher, and you have just picked up a bunch of toys, and so. You're looking around and you're frustrated at the lack of care and responsibility that your children are displaying. Right. And your immediate reaction is one, hey, guys, can you clean up? Let's say you handle it calmly, maybe, on a good day. But then they just ignore you and they keep doing what they're doing and it escalates. And anger is going to be, for me, what's going to show up. And I'm just going to go into, like, modes of... You never, I always, can't you just do this? Can't you just do that? And it's a shaming and it's a tone that does not communicate love outside of behavior. It communicates perform. Right. So so how, like you said, we still need to have expectations of responsibility and that they, you know, don't walk all over us. It seems to me that it's our attitude that changes the game is that I do, what I you're do saying think it, I think so. I mean I think it's so much of it is is our delivery yeah um for sure I think you you know you touched on something important which is you know just because I want to give my kids grace in that moment does not mean that I am not expecting obedience from them right mm-hmm. like grace is not God looking at our sin and looking away Grace is not God looking at our sin and excusing it or approving of it. Um, It's not the absence of requiring obedience, right? I mean, grace is 
God looking at our sin and the gravity and the magnitude of it, the more honest I get with myself, and then out of his great love, choosing to give us Jesus to atone for it. So when I remember that in a situation with my kids, the question is then, how can I weave that kind of radical, unconditional love into the way I am requiring obedience from them in this moment? And, or, you know, or I'm going to discipline in this moment because they didn't listen. And so I'm with you. I mean, I can quickly go to that. I've said a hundred times, or how could you not listen? Or why is listening? So, and I can use that shaming voice and that angry face and I can get immediate results and I can get the behavior I want, but ultimately what am I accomplishing? Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's constantly remembering, uh, God's love for me and the way he guides me in authority and obedience and trying to be a broken vessel. And I've really come to cling to that word broken part of it is a broken vessel of God's love for them and the way I lead them. And, you know, it's interesting. I just was remembering this when you said scenario the other day, I was, um, you know, getting frustrated with my boys because they weren't coming inside for dinner. They were outside playing football and, Mm -hmm. And my littlest guy, Owen, who is six, uh, once they all, I got them all, you know, corralled them all inside. He came inside and he said, I'm the worst. I'm just the worst. Mm. And, and he was very sad. And Mm. I hadn't said, I'd never used the words. Oh, and then he said, I'm bad. Mm. And I said, Hey bud. And I had to take a moment with him and say, mommy never said you're the worst. And mommy never, ever, ever says you're bad. But I can understand that the way I spoke or the lack of patience that I had could have made you feel that way. And so then we had to have, you know, we just spent some time with that. I sat on the floor with him and said, you know, mommy requires obedience from you because I am for you. Mm. And that's just a little line that has been really um, helpful with my kids in grasping that I require obedience from you because I am for you. My Mm. desire is good. And while I might always not implement that well, or my big voice or my, you know, my harsh tone might not always reflect that, you know, I, I require obedience from you because I love you. And so when you don't obey, there has to be consequences, but that doesn't mean that I don't love you. It's because I love you. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I'm all over the place with this. But, no, 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 um, no. I, I, I'm trying to like, cause it's one thing for us to talk about. It's another thing to implement it. Like you said in our day in and day out and right? for the women who hear, yeah, I know I'm supposed to parent with grace. I got it. I'm supposed to parent with grace. How do I do that? And so it is probably what I'm gleaming from you is spending a lot of time recognizing the grace that's been extended to you. And I think for a lot of us, that is where we are totally stuck. Like you said, in our own perfectionism mindsets. Right. And then it's, you know, okay, one, cleaning up, obedience, all those things. Um, we want to require those of our children, but them doing them is not what makes them us love them. Right. It's just learning how to not equate performance with lovability. Yeah. Um, because as we all know, you know, we've, and this was, you know, we talked about this from the article. It's, you know, we've never seen a generation of kids who are more stressed out, depressed, riddled with anxiety. And it's actually occurring in younger and younger ages. Um, it's getting younger kids. And there's just this overall 
uh, message that a little more perfect makes you a little more lovable. Yeah. And so whether that perfection comes in the form of obeying all the rules or getting all the right grades or or all the right so- followers or all the right likes. A friend was telling me her seventh grade girl, it's put a picture on Instagram if it doesn't get enough likes. If it's not lovable enough, you take it down. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean- there's even like a perfection in how we are projecting ourselves out to these quote unquote friends. And the number and of friends is, is broadening. So, yeah, so we have to not just be perfect in our own little private lives, but publicly, too. And the bigger ones. And let's not pretend that we don't, as adults, sometimes rest, you know, wrestle with yeah. being received or accepted or invited. I mean, these are very real things that yeah. they are going to grapple with for, you know, a significant part of their lives. And so how do we, at a young age, instill in them that your lovability mm is completely anchored in the fact that God is crazy about you, that he delights in you, that he takes pleasure in you because of the perfect righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ, covering you. And there is absolutely nothing that you can do to change that. And giving them this foundation, at least to go back to, when I find myself, you know, wobbling or becoming unanchored in yeah. that, you know, I've kind yeah. of find my, especially just, pregnant, especially pregnant, lots of grace for the pregnant hormonal. Right. I'm, I'm trying to blame it. I'm trying to blame a lot of stuff on my hormones. I think it's just my sinful nature, but I'm having <laughs> fun. I'm having fun blaming it on my well, hormones. Well, there is, I mean, you're having another boy, so there's testosterone in you that you aren't used to. It's, uh, yeah. Use like, that one. Use a testosterone I like, excuse. I feel like a crazy person right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, you know, again, I think it's everything for me, it constantly goes back to the most important thing we can be doing for our kids is anchoring their identity and their lovability in what Jesus Christ has done for them, that Jesus makes you lovable, not your Instagram likes, not your grades, not your performance on the field, not your behavior and your obedience to me. Um, but the fact that Jesus Christ loved you enough to lay down his life for you and to rescue you and to reunite you with God. And And, and it sounds like so abstract, so abstract. And, but the tangible part is how we treat them. Yes. It plays out in how we treat them. And when we fail, which we all do, it's just a matter of whether we're being honest about it. Um, being willing to say me too. I need Jesus too. I need grace too. I daily am aware of my sinful nature and the fact that I am God's beloved daughter, but I also still live in the flesh and wrestle with the things of this world. And so me too. And it transforms our relationship with them. I mean, I think we talked about this last time, but you know, the most beautiful thing in me coming on a daily basis to discover God's grace for me um, is that it allows me to come alongside my kids rather than down on them in their own sin and failure and weakness. Mm. And it radically changes our relationship with them, whether we come down on them or we come alongside them. And that's not to say that we should, we're not, you know, we're dismissing authority. No, we can still have authority and come alongside our children to the cross in need of, of grace and, and a savior. Um, but I love that, you know, Sticky Faith um, put out research that said that the number one factor in faith transmission to our kids is, um, is warmth in the relationship. Wow. Who, whoever thought, right. That family warmth is the number one, um, factor in being able to transmit faith to our kids. 
And so as long as we have relationship, as long as we are maintaining warmth, which, you know, comes from grace, Mm. we have the ability to transmit the faith message to our kids. And so I, I constantly have to have this visual of coming alongside them and their failure and sin and weakness. And, and Elise Fitzpatrick talks about this, um, in her book, good news for weary women. Oh, I haven't read that one. She didn't give them grace, right? She did give them grace. Okay. Awesome. 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 And then she, about a year ago, uh, came out with a book called good news for weary women. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Okay. Um, but she talks about how in this book, she says, the more, uh, aware and honest I am with myself about my own sin and weakness and failures, the less the sin and the failures and the weaknesses of my children or my grandchildren shock me. Mm. It changes how we respond to them. Yeah. You know, like we used to be like, how could you do that? Or who would say that? But the more honest we are about our own flaws, the, the less we are shocked by our children. So, right. Like if I'm saying to my kid, like, how could you be so selfish? How could you not want to share that with your brother? Yeah. If I remember my own selfish heart. <laughs> I'm not giving right? you a drink, a sip of that LaCroix. Right? No way. Or, not my chocolate or, brownie. No. Don't bother me right now. I'm having my my private quiet, <laughs> I don't mean quiet time, Bible time. I'm just talking like I'm alone on the couch and I don't want to be bothered. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. I'm selfish with my time. Yeah. So if we can remember our own our own flaws in the ways that we need grace on a daily basis, then, then we, it, it prevents us from responding to our kids with kind of this shock or awe or how could you, or who would, you know, who would, That's really um, good. and That's it just really allows good. us to come alongside. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's almost like I have to have this, I'm a very visual person. So, um, I keep kind of that visual of coming alongside them. I try to keep that tucked in my back pocket when, when they're misbehaving. Well, and it goes with your warmth thing. You think right. of, you know warmth? It's like you know cuddling up next to each other versus us standing over and shame. I mean, that's an image a lot of women I meet have of God is standing over in a kind of angry way. Well, um, I think my boys have seen me do that. So yeah, Absolutely. I totally, I totally get that. That's really good. I, I was in the car with my son today, and you know I'm home. My, my husband's out of town, and. Anyway, something happened in the house that I don't remember turning a light on and then the light was on. And I was like, okay, I wonder if your brother did that before we went to school. And my six-year-old had decided a robber was living in our house. Oh. And he'd somehow, he like described how he thought he got in there. Anyway, he said, I think his mom needs to come and get mad at him. Oh. And so that he will stop robbing. And I said, do you think that's how it works? That mm-hmm. moms just get mad and then you stop? you know, being bad. And he goes, yeah. I was like, awesome. Right. You're like, all right. Awesome. I, I said, I said, do you know what, what most, like the moms I know would do if their sons were robbers or were in jail? And he's like, well, I said, they would be praying like for God to change their heart because they realize no amount of getting mad would change that behavior that that's only God can change that heart. And he said, what would moms do if they don't believe in Jesus? <laughs> And I was thinking, okay, there you go. Most moms would get angry at bad behavior. How am I being not like most moms? Right. It's a natural thing to get frustrated when they're not cleaning up, when they're not obeying, when they're fighting with their brother. That is not any different. How is Christ changing my response so that they are seeing Christ 
in our home. And lately, not much different. You know what I mean? Check in for me. Like it's a check in. Where is where is my heart right now? Am I holding up this perfection and this um, expectation of behavior that is unreasonable? Yeah. Well, and again, I, you know, we talked about this last time, I think, but, you know, again, it goes back to that whole, yes, it's so important that we model for our kids what patience looks like, what, you know, what the fruit of the spirit looks like, you yeah. know, they're looking for us to model that that's yeah. important, but what's even, which, which, what is equally important, if maybe not even more important is that we're modeling for them a willingness to say, I need Jesus and I need forgiveness and I need grace. Yeah. And their willingness, our willingness to be authentic with them about those things, because that in, that it's it gives them a, another model to follow, which is uh, a deeper awareness of their need for Jesus and a deeper willingness to rely on Him to produce from us what we can't produce from ourselves. Mm. You know, so good, yeah. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I look, I you know, we, that's a, that's a constant thing in our home of, you know, not, and, and I say this too, Heather, cause you're talking about, you know, feeling frustrated or feeling angry. And I certainly don't want our conversation to suggest to moms that feeling frustrated or no. feeling bad is wrong. No. Right. I mean, I say this to my boys, but I forget it for myself, which is God gave us emotions. God yeah. gave us feelings and we're supposed to feel things. It's what we do with it. It's okay for me to, to feel something. It's what I do with that feeling. If I'm mad that you're not listening, but how do I, but then how do I handle that? Right. Yeah. Do I, yeah. you know, do I take that out on you or do I say, oh, Jesus, I need you right now to help me take this anger and use it for good and lead them, you know, with patience. So yeah. I don't want to suggest that, you know, as moms, we shouldn't be feeling these things because we, we do, and we will every day. It's just, I think what we, we do with it. And sometimes I do rely on the Holy spirit and, and, and I'm grateful for the way that God works through me and allows me to lead them in a certain way. And then there are other days where, you know, I let my sinful nature win and, and I have to, I have to ask for forgiveness for that from them and from God. I think it's a constant reminding, right? I think that's why this is good because even if we've all, you and I've talked about all this before, it's, I need to hear it again. I need it again and again and again, every day on repeat, every this, day. this reminder of coming alongside of of really leaning into what Christ has done for me, that it's nothing of my own doing. And um, so then I could extend that to not just even my kids, to my friends, to my family, holidays coming up. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think there's so much pressure on moms. One of the things I talked about at Dot Mom is there's so much pressure on moms to be kind of that perfect example for our kids. Mm. And, and there's so many verses I wish we had time and maybe we'll do it next time. But so many verses that remind us that, you know, that Jesus is the author of their faith, that Jesus is the perfecter of their faith, that Jesus is the one who produces the righteous character in their lives. And so, so often we as moms try to take on a role that is not ours to take on. And, and God is asking us to lay down what he has not asked us to carry and so there's all these things that we as moms carry, like being a perfect example for our kids. Mm. And God is saying, I already, I already gave them that in Jesus. And so stop trying to be for them what Jesus Christ has already been for them and, and point to Jesus, you know, in these moments where your weaknesses or your failures win, you know, find freedom and saying there is somebody who has never and will never let you down. And that is Jesus Christ. Because ultimately what we want our kids to know is that, they're not going to have a perfect mom, but they do have a perfect savior. And and that's ultimately what we want for them. Right. Love it. Oh, yeah. That's so good. And the perfect helper. The perfect helper. The, yes. the self-control is not coming from 
enough <laughs> discipline. It's one of the fruit of the spirit. It is, it is the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jeannie, too fast. Yeah. So good. I know what just happened. We're it just like <laughs> zoomed. I looked up and I was like, oh my goodness, she needs to get her kids. So, I have to go to pick up. Oh, um, no. But I'm so thankful. And I do think it was just enough. I think every mom could probably just play it another time because you said so many key things that I think um, I think we just need to just go forward. It's going to make my day better with my husband out of town. I know that. Yeah. My kids are going to thank you. They're going to call you up and be like, thank you, Miss Jeannie. <laughs> Listen, well, thank you for having me because the honest to goodness truth is that um, it's, I need to, I need this every day. So it's always such a joy for me to talk with you and, and to be reminded myself that um, we have a perfect savior and I I can stop being, trying to be for my kids what Jesus has already been for them. So thank you for, thank you for having me. Of course. All right. Have a good rest of your day. All right. Thanks, friend. All right. Bye. Okay, bye. Pretty amazing, huh? I mean... I really need to listen to that more than once a week, probably. Um, I'm just so thankful. Thank you, Jeannie, for sharing all that. Just truth. It's truth. It's not like Jeannie came up with it. She's just saying it in a way that breathes life into our motherhood. And I'm so thankful. And I'm really ready this week to come alongside my boys. Recognizing my own weaknesses means I am just in need of a savior as my kids are. And I don't need to come down on them in shame of why don't you get this? Because why don't I get it? Why am I still yelling? So uh, I really do hope that it encouraged you. Crazy. We had a um, one of our pastors this Sunday, yesterday, if you're listening to this on Monday, spoke on grace and he was speaking about two different um, stories in Matthew and just kind of the spectrum of how sometimes we feel like we need to work for God's love that we need. It's tied to what we do. And um, that, you know, it was talking about the rich man and how he has to sell everything that it's hard for a rich man to um, be part of the kingdom. And so it's like, well, okay, God, so you're saying that we need to work really hard and we need to give up things and, No, I mean, he's saying, if you do those things, you will be rewarded. But at the same time, there's the the parable of the workers who hired and some workers worked an hour and some workers worked all day and they both got one denarius. They were paid the same amount. And it's recognizing that the same grace covers all of us, whether we've murdered someone or we haven't. And so there's this tendency to be like, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just ask God for forgiveness and he'll just give me a big hug. We'll hug it out and we'll be over. And that kind of cheapens grace. I mean, true grace, um, it costs us something. We are, we're sacrificing something in obeying God. And, and all of us have had to say no to things to follow God. And so there is sacrifice, not a works-based um, faith. We don't earn our faith by our own working it out. But we do have to give up some things to follow Jesus. But it also, you know, we get the same reward no matter what we do. So I don't know, it was, it was just realizing that, you know, sometimes we have these false expectations of our kids, false expectations of ourselves. And it's that not getting what we think we deserve that can cause frustration. Anyway, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but I just thought it was interesting that he spoke about grace um, right after doing this episode with Jeannie. I also wanted to bring up an idea and it's kind of weird. I've never done this on the podcast, but you know, I'll pretend like you can talk back to me. Maybe you can email me at Mom. Godsittermom at gmail.com. I'm considering like shaking it up and every once in a while, maybe having one of y'all, one of you listeners, um, 
having us chat for maybe like 20 minutes about what's going on in your life and where are you struggling to um, put God in the center and where are you struggling to see the spiritual that's going on around you and how are you getting caught up in the physical parts of your life and you know because I'm always sharing my stuff and I'd love to hear from y'all and I think when you if you could share then I think there's probably several other moms that could relate or women I know it's not just moms that listen and then maybe I'd have on a mentor the next week who could um, share some advice too so kind of a I don't know kind of a hearing from y'all and then a getting wisdom from one of my guests specifically to that mom's issues. So if you want to email me at godcentermom at gmail.com and let me know if you think that's a good idea. Um, I don't even know what we call that. <laughs> huh. We we have to come up with some creative name. If you have a great creative name, I'd love to hear that too. So anyway, I think y'all are amazing. Thank you all again for supporting the show. It continues to get new listeners every week. Um, it's staying high in the iTunes ratings. I've discovered that, um, subscriptions like getting people to subscribe is really helpful. So if you want to subscribe to the show and continue to keep it in people's, uh, top of their feed on the kids and family top chart, top of the charts. I don't even know what I'm saying. Anyway, I appreciate it. I thank all of you for listening, for sharing with friends. I really, truly hope it's changing your days. And um, I know it's, I know that talking to these women has already massively impacted my own life in these almost two years of podcasts. Craziness. But I do hope that it's not just me talking into a mic, that there is real change that God's doing in your life and that His Holy Spirit um, guides your day today, that you turn within, that you look towards his spirit in you for the power and the strength to do the things that aren't seen, that go unseen, but are have eternal value. The seen is temporary. The unseen is eternal. So I think you're great. Go in peace. Blessings. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.